Wall Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on Wilcom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Known as black gold or Texas tea, it can be said that oil has had a storied and bloody history that extends to the modern-day United States. In the late 1800s, a wealth of oil was found beneath land fairly bought by the Osage Indian tribe as an attempt to escape the bloody war path that the United States took in seizing land previously inhabited by Native Americans. As oil became more of a commodity during the early 20th century, the Osage became the wealthiest people in the world per capita. But with the wealth came targets on their backs. Over the years since the discovery of the oil on their land, the Osage would be victimized countless times by many people and most gruesomely by the American government. The worst time in this bloody saga between 1921 to 1926, is known as the Reign of Terror and saw anywhere from 24 to 60 prominent Osage members killed in cold blood, all in the name of greed. In today's season finale, we discuss the most influential murders of this period, how they were discovered, and the wolves in sheep's clothing with blood on their hands. You ready to be upset, Nina? Yeah. Because today's one that will it's m- pretty bad. Oh, it's going to make you upset. It's going to make me upset, and it's going to make everyone right now listening to this upset. upset. Uh, yeah, it's it's a sad one. Never have I been doing. I mean, here's the thing: we covered a lot of people that piss me off. Um, but oh man, today is just an extra, an extra level of bad. Um, this is the story, I mean, this has to be one of the worst stories we're going to cover. Mm. It not only, you say, it not only includes one murder no, I'm or just, two murders, no, I'm but just, multiple murders. It's That wasn't, not, like, I don't believe you. That's like a, all right, let's do it. I was going to say, and it involves no, I know. so much racism. Yeah. And all the shit. That our ancestors did. And the, yeah, the very dark Actually, history. not my ancestors. They hadn't immigrated here yet. Hey, me either. So, cool, I guess. Very dark history of America. Yeah, it's bad. And what we did in the 1800s, all the way, I mean, this is not a super old story. Like, no. this isn't from the early 1800s. It starts in the late 1800s, and it moves through into the 1900s, but... I mean the the pe- 1960s, right? The people in this story were alive until the 1960s, 1970s. Yeah, so just up to 50, 60 years ago, these people were still alive. Yep, their sure. children are still alive. Oh yeah, probably for sure. So here we are. <laughs> so let's dive into the Osage and the Reign of Terror. Let's do it. Uh, the Osage once ruled most of the middle of what is modern day United States, but As is the story with many other tribes, their land was slowly stripped away from them throughout the 1800s as the United States expanded. Uh, I know the Louisiana Purchase happened, and that's why they pretty much controlled the entirety of the area of the Louisiana Purchase. And then when uh, the United States was like, this is ours now, they came in and kind of fucked everything up. Yeah. 
Um, eventually, the Osage were sent to a reservation in what is presently Osage County, Oklahoma. And unlike many other tribes of the time, the Osage bought their land and therefore owned it outright, which is why it wasn't um, separated in the Homestead Act later when they like reduced Got reservations it. to make uh, room for people who were migrating west. Theirs didn't do that because they had bought it fairly. Hmm. Um, they had bought land that they already owned that we took. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the early 1900s, oil was found under the entirety of the Osage Indian Territory. And I, I will point out that um, I use uh, Indian and Native American uh, both in this outline. Uh, I know that different tribes prefer different usages of yeah. either one of those terms yeah a lot of the time when i'm using those terms it's what historically it was called so it just was called uh the osage indian territory like all capitals it's the name of it but i use native american more often than not i just want to point we're out. trying to be as pc as possible i was like we're trying we're trying to use while the terms also that people want keeping to be <laughs> the integrity of the text well but Nina, thank you. You're uh, welcome. And when Oklahoma gained statehood in 1907, Uncle Sam came knocking to purchase the territory from the Osage so that they could make their state. Uh, the Osage were smart in the sale, however. Uh, they only sold the surface rights to their land, but they retained all of the mineral rights and therefore all of the proceeds from anything that would come out of the ground, including natural gas and... Oil. And carrots. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I wonder, that's, honestly, it's very interesting that they made that deal and that I'm surprised that when they made that deal that they were allowed to do that. So, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think that the government was happy about it. Right. But I think they were kind of backed into a corner. Where most of the time when there's like like they pressured um Native American tribes to give up their land by various, very, you know, questionable tactics. We'll just put it like that. Um but they were backed into a corner by their own laws, like their own property laws here. Like the United States have to break their own laws, which don't get me wrong, they will. Mm-hmm. But it's just a much sloppier process. So I think right. they just agreed to it because at this point, remember when they sold this, oil wasn't really worth that much. Right. So they were like, well, you know, whatever, you can keep it, but we at least get the land so we can make Oklahoma a state. What's up, bro? So the mineral rights of the land uh, had been leased to the entire Osage Nation in 1896, so even before they sold their land and Oklahoma became a state. And what that means is that every single member of the tribe had an equal claim to the proceeds through something called head right, which is basically just in like an inheritable right to it's almost like birthright resource yeah um so in 1887 the united states divided the land that was given to the osage evenly among the tribe members they all got like 600 acres of land or something um but regardless of location of their land they still separated the allotment of the head right uh for the minerals equally between everyone all 2229 registered members uh, and these head rights were handed down to their descendants through inheritance. The Osage each received quarterly checks for royalty payments on the oil pulled from the ground. And at first, this 
wasn't much because oil wasn't in high demand. Cars hadn't been developed, um, which I think is probably the highest demand for oil. Right, is just, yeah. And uh, really the start of the Industrial Revolution, like, you know, the 1900s and factories and, like, mm-hmm. oils used a lot more machinery and we just weren't there yet. Right. Um, but as the oil industry grew, so did the sums of money that the Osage received. And in 1923... The tribal members earned collectively $30 million. Adjusted for inflation, that is $40 million in today's money in one year, which works out separated between the 2,229 tribe members to $179,452.67 per member in today's money. It's a lot of money. Yes, it is. I mean, that's a six-figure salary. Yeah, that's just awesome. Just from the oil that comes out of the ground that you're getting paid. Dang. Um, this let the Osage afford many things unattainable by many of, of those who lived at the time period, and especially exceptional for an actively oppressed people. Uh, they could afford new cars, mansions, and white servants, which, which rubbed a lot of people the wrong way at the time because racism. Suck it, <laughs> Becky. Just, yeah. So, you know, I, people were upset about this and it well you know feels like karma right feels like karma right you want to take their land fuck you dude i don't know like i just <laughs> you want to you want to take their land fuck you dude <laughs> listen it's the truth yeah that's actually that's an old uh it's an old saying they have yeah it you want to take our land fuck you i don't dude. know how to say it in their native language, but um, that's how you say it. It's what it translates to. Ah, yes. I only know a couple words. Wakonta, that is their god. That's all oh. I remember. It was in the... I, I should point out that there is a, a best-selling book uh, written on this topic that is uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, I, I have started reading it. I didn't get to finish it before uh, this episode released. Uh, so, you know, some of this comes from the beginning of the book, uh, but most of it comes from supplemental research I did online. But it's a very good book, um, so pick it up if you have time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, obviously, this idea of inactively oppressed people gaining wealth so quickly is going to become a very sensationalized news topic. And there were a lot of articles released at this time that were written about the Osage and their wealth. And this drew people from all over who wished to capitalize on the Osage's newfound fortune and by any means necessary. Uh, Osage County began collecting swindlers and all types of rough-and-tumble people trying to get money out of the Osage. And the population swelled from 10,000 in 1910 to 30,000 in 1930. That's a lot because also the if you think about... You got to think about the what the population was at that point as well. And that's a lot of growth because there were not 375 million people in the United States at that point. No, I don't so, know what the population was. I don't know what the population less. was, but that would be, that'd be a lot. And, the, and this was land that previously, um, the reason that the Osage bought this land and moved here when they were forced out of Kansas was because they, it was seen as barren and inhospitable, like you couldn't grow on it. So they were like, they'll leave us alone here. You know, oh, like the white yeah. man will leave us alone here. And then. But then they found oil. They found oil. And then here comes America, just like they always do, you know? They're like, pff, 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 capitalism. <laughs> 
Who's that knocking at the door, Dad? It's capitalism. It's capitalism. <laughs> Where are your poor? I want to fuck them. Ah. <laughs> They do. Oh, my God. Where's all your food? I want to collect it and give it to 1% of people. Uh. (laughs) Um, So the Osage County swelled in population, and this was a lot of con jobbers who flocked to the area and merchants who ran a two-tiered pricing service where they charged white people one price and Osage an inflated price for the same goods. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Shitty. It is shitty. And uh, in Killers of the Flower Moon, it mentions that funerals even cost up to four times more for an Osage than anyone else. Because they were getting like, they would get charged like $1,600 for a coffin in the 1920s. That's a lot. That's a lot. Of, that'd be a lot of money now. I don't know what a coffin, they're expensive. I don't know what they I know for. they're expensive and it's still because people are ripping people off in grief. Yeah. They charge exorbitant amount of prices for coffins, and it, it, it's actually really awful. That's a whole other topic. Yeah, that's a whole other, and we'll do another uh, episode about that. But it's rough. Um, the biggest swindler of all, however, was the U.S. government, because in 1921, Congress passed a law that required Osage to be proved, and there's a lot of air quotes around a lot of words that are coming up, and this is the first one. Osage had to be proved competent in order to receive their royalties um the oil was being drilled by the government by the way if you're wondering how can they how can they put this on them it's because technically the government was the one drilling the oil and giving them the royalties so they Uh. put into they put into law that the osage that they were giving the money to had to be declared competent in order to receive them uh and they removed these restrictions though from anyone less than one half osage but deemed anyone who was one half or more up to full-blooded Osage as incompetent. And what did they do when they labeled them as incompetent? Well, they would provide them with a legally appointed guardian to look after their royalty payments and spending, even though at the same time a judge did declare that the Osage spent their money no differently or more recklessly than white people. Right. So, but... But they need guardianship over their over their finances. Legally appointed governmental guardianship. It's fucked up. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, and these guardians were always white citizens of Osage County and were appointed largely as quid pro quo political favors to lawyers and businessmen. Basically, like if you can influence people to vote for me, I will make sure that you get a good guardianship position that's i'm not shocked you shouldn't be because we suck and people suck yeah <laughs> that's i'm it's frustrating yeah i'm i'm like that's terrible and then i'm like yeah well so is everything else we talk about so i shouldn't be super i don't know why i'm getting yeah we don't get to talk about like you know like cute puppies or never uh, children giggling a lot it's, no it's, 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 it's mostly it's children mostly the screaming <laughs> Why are they screaming? Because capitalism's capitalism. at the door. <laughs> Where's your health care? You don't get to have it. Give it back to me. Take it. Give this to me. You, you want to buy some shit? Hey, you want to buy some shit? I got some, I got some as-seen-on-TV products <laughs> in my trench coat here. You know you want to slap chop. What's that? You're going to love my nuts. Oh, God. Oh, you know the slap chop, right? No. It's that uh, the guy who did Sham Wow, 
Yeah, it was like this little, you, oh. you hit the top and it would like chop up whatever you in there, like salad. Or, and in the commercial, he says, you're going to love my nuts. And then he <laughs> slap chops some fucking nuts. And then that guy got arrested later because a hooker bit his tongue. Why did he get arrested for her biting his tongue? Soliciting sex. Oh. Because she was a hooker. Yeah, not the not he didn't get arrested because she bit his tongue. It's just like he picked up a hooker. She bit his tongue. It was a domestic I don't even think that's domestic violence. It's just violence, but you know, they Did she get in trouble? Probably. She bit his tongue. I mean, I don't know what he was doing, but mm, I'm gonna go with he deserved it. Yeah, he's a weird guy. I don't know. Uh, that <laughs> that's... He was like, You're gonna love my nuts, and she's like, I don't <laughs> ah, give me that tongue. <laughs> anyway, that <laughs> that weird non sequitur <laughs> aside, uh, where was I at? Oh, yes. So the Guardians. And, of course, given this system, corruption was rampant. Uh, over s- 600 Guardians over the next three years stole $8 million from their Osage wards in three years. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And to put that into perspective, we said that they made $30 million. So for them to steal $8 million, that's almost a third. Yeah. Well, it's over the course of the year. Nevertheless, though, it's it's a lot. And they would do it either by literally just taking it or they controlled, like, how much money they could get out of the trust. And they would literally do stuff like they would buy a car but then sell it at an inflated price to their ward to get more money and then pocket the difference. Like just insane, stupid stuff that literally politicians one knew it was happening. Yeah, and, but and, they didn't care. Yeah, and they assigned people on these racism. guardianships. Yeah, because they just wanted to get votes, and they're like, "Oh, who cares what they do to them? They're not white." Right. Uh, somehow, though, that is not the worst of it. If that's where it stopped, and we were just talking about them stealing money this way, it would be awful. Don't yeah, that still would be terrible. But that it gets so much worse. But that's not the end of it. It gets so much worse because the inheritance of head rights was also available to non-Osage members if they had married into an Osage family. So if you were to marry an Osage and their family was to, I don't know, conveniently die, you could see those royalty payments come to you and not only you, but be passed on to your descendants for the rest of time. This oversight by Congress, intentional or otherwise, would lead to over a decade of murders and multiple lifetimes of pain and suffering for the Osage. Though there has been controversy over the number of victims during the reign of terror that swept through Osage County, there was one family that sat directly at its center, and that is of Molly Burkhart. Molly Burkhart had a sister who went by Anna Brown, a last name that she had acquired from a newly dissolved marriage. Since the divorce, Anna had known to carouse, but one night after a rocky family get together, her new flame and the brother of Molly's ah, husband, gross. which is weird, Brian Burkhart, drove her. Ew. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine dating? Your sister's husband's brother? Yes, that's the correct way to say it. It's gross, right? I don't like it. Well, I mean, I guess it was a different time. I don't know. Actually, I mean, it would make more sense now with the amount of step, the amount of stepbrother porn and stuff that's on. Yeah, that's that's on, you know, that's out. But 
Hey, maybe maybe we're not so different from these people now. That's all I'm going to say. It's the OG stepsister point. A hundred years and we're still into it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so Anna was driven home by Brian Burkhart. And then he met everyone out, else out on the town. The only problem was is that Anna was never seen alive again. After a few days of searching, Anna's body was found next to a ravine, obviously dead for a few days, an empty bottle next to her corpse. The untrained, another air quotes, law, because they didn't, I mean, this is the Wild West, honestly, at this point. They don't have actual law enforcement. They just appoint whoever to be a fucking sheriff. And they're all dumb. There's no forensics. They don't know what they're doing with crime. It's mostly just like, Hell yeah, let's go get on the horse. Is anyone around? You shot this person, you know. Uh, Well, they deemed her death to be an accident, which is really dumb because after they did an autopsy, they found that Anna had been shot in the back of the head, which I don't know how you missed that, but they did. Uh, And it was finally come to light. A murderer was in Osage County. Now, Death was not new to, Mo- to Molly Burkhart. Her other sister, Minnie, had died not long prior due to what doctors could only describe as a mysterious wasting disease. <laughs> what does that even mean? It means she just, like, obviously... Wasted away to nothing? Obviously, they're just making stuff up. They're like, I don't know, she's dying, bro. She's just wasting And then when away. she died, they're like, ah, mysterious wasting disease, I don't know. Anyway, it's the 1920s, that'll be $100. I doubt it was $100. They still treated chickens. Ah, it's $100 for the Osage. Oh. Because <laughs> that two-tier system, Nina. However, when when Molly's mother, Lizzie, seemed to pass in the same fashion just a couple of years after Anna's death, there was suspicion that maybe a wasting disease hadn't taken them, but something much more sinister. Poison. Dun, dun. But who would want this family dead? As far as anyone could tell, they had always been upstanding members of the Osage, had treated people fairly. This is where we know that Molly was married, as I mentioned earlier, not to a member of the Osage, but to a white man by the name of Ernest Burkhart, who learned the Osage language just so he could communicate with his bride, who took care of her when she had diabetes and her joints hurt, who said that he couldn't live without her openly. Was it diabetes or was she poisoned? Da, da, da. I think it was diabetes to begin with. Uh, later, though, maybe poison. Uh, so it seemed to the outside looker as if their love was genuine. It's like uh, Dances with the Wolves. Oh, man, I haven't seen that for a long time. I'm sorry. I was a child. Um, He learns their language and falls in love with that girl. Yeah, it's like that, except there's, there's except more murder she's in white this one. too. What? The girl that he falls in love with from the tribe, she's white too. They had like adopted her. Oh my god. What was her name? Some sort of bird. Ah, yes. Egret. Was that her name? No, I just I said a name of I said a type of bird. I don't know. Oh. No, she had like it was oh, it doesn't matter. Swan. It has nothing to do. No, it she Duck. Did, no, no, no. It was Goose? like it was like something bird. Songbird. No. Lovebird. No. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie. Winking bird? That doesn't Winking make, bird? That doesn't make sense. That's Hold a on. bad name. Oh, her name was Stans with a fist, so that had nothing to do with birds. <laughs> wow. 
Nina's impeccable memory is at it again. <laughs> oh, Kicking Bird was the dad. That's where I was getting the bird. It's completely separate character, Nina. Okay, well. If you're going to get upset at me for not seeing Dances with Wolves, the least you could do is remember the movie. It was a good one. It put it on the list. It's a good one. It's three hours long, though. Okay, I'm taking it off the list. I don't got time for that. I'm sorry. So these people seemed in love. They danced with wolves. It dance, dance, did dances with wolves. Did whatever. It doesn't matter. They danced with the wolves. It doesn't matter. Uh, But Ernest was the nephew of one William K. Hale, a wealthy cattleman who came from humble beginnings as a cowboy of the Wild West. He had moved to Osage County, leasing quite a bit of land from the tribe to run his cattle business on, and was known as a benefactor of the community, co-signing on loans for the disenfranchised, giving gifts to children, and donating heavy quantities of meat to the annual Osage feast. He began to call himself the king of the Osage Hills. He called himself that? Yeah, supposedly that was a moniker he gave himself he's I don't, like i'm gonna give myself this nickname yeah a self-titled king those those don't happen those, those don't work out well very often i will say that Mm-mm. however under this kind exterior bill hale ran osage like a mafia boss paying off politicians judges and generally doing anything to turn a profit and i mean anything because in 1923 William Hale found a reprobate in town to come out with him to a camping spot to drink under the guise that he had work for the man. After slogging a few back, Hale made the job that he wanted this man to do completely clear. There was a sleeping Indian in his car close by. In order to get $500 and a new car, all the man had to do was to shoot the sleeping man in the head. The reprobate said that he had to drink some more liquid courage before he could commit such an act. And later, after saying he had to use the bathroom, he fled back to town. Oh, so he didn't kill the guy? That guy didn't. His name was like something Thomas. I don't remember it exactly. Uh, Still, though, the next morning, the body of Anna Brown's cousin, Henry Rowan, was found shot in his car. Shortly afterward, William Hale, the same man who perpetrated his death, was a pallbearer at Henry's funeral. And then, one week later, tried to cash a falsified health insurance policy that named him the sole benefactor of $25,000. Hey, guess who has no soul? William William Hale. Hale. William Hale. fucking Christ. That's illegal. William, that's illegal. Both murder and insurance fraud. One of them's worse. I'll give you that. Well, pole bearing someone you set up to kill. Not illegal in itself, but very Jesus fucked up. Jesus Christ. Very fucked up. There's a special place in hell for you, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, and less than a month later, another of Molly Burkhart's sisters. How many sisters did she have? This, this is the last one, okay. so don't worry. We're, we're out of them. They're all dead. Are you happy, Nina? No. Jesus. No, I wish none of them died. <laughs> uh, another one of Molly Burkhart's sisters would meet their demise, as both her and her husband, who was outspoken about a murderer being in their midst, because at this point, people are still like, nah, it's not murder. It's not serial murder. Just a bunch of people are just dying. You know, this is just random crime. OG COVID. <laughs> this, is, this is random. This isn't real. Um... Well, he was so outspoken 
that someone thought he should be silenced, and they became a victim of a large nitroglycerin bomb placed under their Fairfax home that exploded, killing not only uh, Molly's sister and her husband, but also their servant. So sad. So add three more to the death toll. At this point, Molly was the last in line to inherit their head rights after that exact lineage was murdered. So her sister was murdered. It moved to her mom. Her mom died. It moved to her sister, her, her older sister. Her older sister died, and now it's only... She's the only one Molly left. Burkhart. And if anything were to happen to her, about $500,000 would be passed on to her husband and once again nephew to William Hale, Ernest Burkhart. The murders were not done, however. As Hale and Burkhart had sent a man by the name of George Bigheart on a train to a hospital in Oklahoma City when he said he was feeling ill. Upon arriving, he was discovered to have ingested poisoned whiskey. With the end approaching, he called upon his lawyer, saying he had secret information he needed to divulge before his end. This meeting happened, but what they talked about we will never know, because George indeed passed the next morning. And his lawyer, W.W. Vaughn, was found dead with a broken neck. What? Apparently thrown from his train during the ride back to Osage Territory from Oklahoma City. I just got goosebumps. Obviously silenced by someone who didn't want him telling what he knew. My hair standing up and my nipples got hard because it got so cold from that. <laughs> Don't say things to me. <laughs> I know we're in a podcast, but refrain from saying things to me now. Uh, you've <laughs> It's done. <laughs> also, also, I hope everyone at home also has hard nipples. Thank you. That was, and it Thank wasn't you. because of it wasn't a good heart. It was a little spooky. All right, I like that. So, oh, I hate it when people die with secrets. Dun dun dun! Yeah, we never knew what happened. I can only, I can only suspect though that he was going to tell him about maybe who gave him his last drinks of whiskey, which were probably William, William Hale. Hale and. Ernest Burkhart. I want to like Ernest, but I don't think I can. Mm, I don't think you can either. Uh, with 18 suspicious deaths being reported from 1921 to 1923 of prominent Osage men and women, finally, an investigation was being put together by the Bureau of Investigation, which, by the way, um, someone like another one of the murders that happened is that someone traveled to Washington, D.C. to ask them to investigate this. And then was found murdered <gasps> di- directly after the meeting. OMG. So this is when you see a lot of ties between what we think of like the mafia. Like they're literally yeah. killing people to silence people before this can get out. Yeah. Um, but now the Bureau of Investigation is going to start looking into it. And the Bureau of Investigation is the predecessor to the FBI. And was known at the time as a ragtag group of detectives led by a 29-year-old future U.S. president, J. Edgar Hoover. I don't remember where he ended up landing in the Kill, Fuck, Mary, the president's oh, episode. Oh, he is ugly. We, I think we killed him the first time he came up. Oh, Not a hot president. Hey, when he was 29, though, I saw a picture of him at this time. Mildly hot. But anyway, he was the first, he was the first director of the FBI. Oh, yeah, not hot. Yeah, right? And this was his first successful investigation as the Bureau of Investigation. You go, J. Edgar Hoover. 
So after they looked in, and also they they did so, they did some cool things where they like they only sent one person that actually was an agent to the town to talk about things, but no one wanted to talk to them because if you said anything, you people kept mysteriously fucking dying. Right. So no one wanted to talk about it. So they sent like four undercover agents as like a merchant and stuff that literally played themselves in the town and just hung out for a while and got to know people until they would tell them things. That's smart. Which is cool. Um, but after the investigation, they finally traced it back to the man in town that everyone was afraid to talk about, William K. Hale. And after the investigation, William Hale and the Burkhart brothers and a slew of accomplices were arrested only in connection with the death of Henry Rowan, the man who was shot in his car. No other arrests in relations to the multiple other murders committed by these men or others were ever completed. So this so is So it was only for Henry Roan? Yes. That's some bullshit. No one was ever arrested in the death uh the poisoning deaths or at least the supposed poisoning deaths of Molly's Sisters sister and Minnie mom. and mom or in the nitroglycerin explosion uh explosion that killed her sister Rita or George Bigheart or George Bighart. Or all the other people that got murdered. And that's the thing. There are countless, countless others. Charles Whitehorn is another person that was found on the same day that Anna Brown's body was found. And obviously, looking back on it now, they were... Pro- like, I think that um, the Guardians were falsifying documents to inherit their to inherit their head rights i'm sure they were and because there's multiple ways you can do it so you falsify some documents you get them killed you inherit their head rights and you're rich for the rest of the time but these were the only murders they could prove because um brian burkhart uh the brother that drove anna Anna. brown supposedly home that day Mm -hmm. he turned state evidence and became a witness for the state yeah in return for immunity and pointed the finger at William Hale as the main conspirator in most of the deaths, which I mean, I'm sure he was, but Oh yeah. But here's the thing. He wasn't the one, yeah. he wasn't the one carrying them out though, or no. not all of them. No, he almost, once again, like a mafia boss, I don't think he ever pulled the trigger Yeah, on a murder. I think he directed a lot of people, paid a lot of people. They actually uncovered a very large, um, gun for hire like assassin for hire ring in Osage County that was directly made to kill Osage members because there were so many people that wanted these people dead so they could inherit their money it's ridiculous it's so sad this yeah. whole, I like I'm I'm there aren't really words to describe all this yeah, and William Hale was already rich if you remember That's the worst part. He had a thriving cattle business. And still, he found it necessary to kill these people to get more money. I think that a lot of it has to, honestly, it doesn't have to do with greed. I think a lot of it has to do with racism instead of greed. Because I could guarantee you, if this land was owned by white people, this would not be, this would not have happened. It's also like that other, um, I don't, hold on, I don't want to misspeak. Well, yeah, it's almost like the um, Tulsa Race Massacre in 1921 where um, there was a black neighborhood in Tulsa. Have you heard about this? No. Okay, so there was a black... This, it just, these Osage murders remind me a lot of the Tulsa um, Race Massacre. So there was like... 
a neighborhood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Oklahoma again, that was very affluent. Same year too, 1921. Yeah, yeah. And it was... Um, it was a town full of African-Americans that ran or the neighborhood was all black owned businesses, black run. It was very affluent there. You know, they were doing great. And then it all mysteriously got burned to the ground mm. and all these people died and no one has ever, I really don't think anyone has ever gotten in trouble for it. And it reminds me a lot of this where it's like, if these towns would have like this is obviously all rooted in racism because if these towns would have been owned by white people these murders may probably never would have happened. Yeah, because the because law enforcement would actually care. Law enforcement would care, but then also like people like William Hale they don't have all this hate towards their own race and they would you know, they might be jealous, they might try to steal from them, but they're not going to murder them. I think it's because they see them like William Hale sees these people as subhuman, right. which is really fucked up because we talked about how he used to give everyone gifts, even the Osage, and suppose, like he was seen as a friend of the Osage for a very long time. It was to buy their trust, though. Yeah, that's what it was. It was all a ploy to get them to trust him and then get them into deals where like uh, Henry Rowan owed him money. So, like, that's probably how he got him to come out in the first place. Like, he could control these people because they were indebted to him now. And that's why he gave them the gifts, not because he actually cared about them. Obviously, because he was murdering them. Manipulation to the nth degree. And speaking of him being influential, because he was so influential and he was so influential over the justice system here, it took four trials to get a verdict against him because they kept having to switch locations and there were hung juries and mistrials because he was they were trying to buy off people oh i'm and, sure and to threaten people just like the mafia does um and by the end of the first by the end of the first trial two of the accomplices that were also coming to trial with them were also mysteriously found dead so they're also killing their accomplices to silence them before they can testify against William Hale. But after Brian Burkhart turned state evidence, uh, he pointed the finger at to William Hale as the center of the conspiracy. And soon after that, Ernest Burkhart also flipped and pled guilty, implicating his uncle in the murders, and a verdict was finally handed down. And in 1929, William Hale... An accomplice, John Ramsey, who actually pulled the trigger on Henry Rowan, and Ernest Buckhart were found guilty of murder, and all three sentenced to life in prison. So finally, some justice. Ernest flipped so that he wouldn't get the death penalty, or at least you'd think that that would be the end, and that justice would have been served. But after serving 26 years in prison... Ernest was paroled in 1955 and later went on to receive a full pardon from Oklahoma Governor Henry Bellman against the protestation of the Osage tribe. And not just Ernest, because both William Hale and John Ramsey would also be paroled and would live out at least the last few years of their lives as free men. William Hale died in 1962, seven years after he was released. Full pardon. I couldn't even find a reason why. I was like, I don't know. Like, there's not a lot written on, like, why the governor said this is a good idea at the time. Like, why did we pardon this guy? 
even though the entire Osage tribe was like, do not pardon this man. Because you know he was probably the one directly poisoning yeah. Molly's mom and sister. And he was trying to poison Molly. Ernest, yeah. Yes, but Molly had went to confession, and the priest told her to don't drink any alcohol because they were poisoning the alcohol. He's like, don't drink any alcohol. And then the priest actually talked to the investigators, too. Could you imagine, like, someone you fully trusted, like, your husband, like, you fully trust them, you love them, and then they flip on you like that? And I know you're probably wondering, yes, she did. Damn it, I'm going to cry. She did divorce him after the trial. Good. After he was convicted. Fuck that guy. Which, it took, like, it took, like, five years to get a verdict, by the way, because of how many mistrials and shit there were. So they were also free for another five years awaiting trial. So, mm. now in 1925, Congress did pass a law prohibiting non-Osage from inheriting headrights from Osage who had half or more Native American ancestry. So no longer could non-Osage inherit, inherit headrights from Osage. So if you were white and married someone who was Osage, you could not get their head right. Correct. Yeah. But anyone who had already received it... Can keep it. ...wasn't included. So all of the ones that had already been stolen by murder stood. And to this day, more than 25%, so more than a quarter of Osage head rights are not owned by the Osage, but rather by people who almost definitely stole them by killing their ancestors. Oh, that makes you sick. Mm-hmm. And in 1999, the Osage filed suit against the U.S. government for the mismanagement of their trust funds and royalty payments. And in 2011, the case was settled for $380 million. Would that actually, though, like, make up for it all? For what happened in this, in mergers, and no. all of the money that's been taken from them because Absolutely of this? Absolutely not. Probably not. But I mean, Obama, we expected better out of you. At least it is. It is like the largest tribal settlement settlement ever, obviously, though. But and once again, if you want to learn more, pick up that best selling book, uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, which I will finish. Uh, I want to know everything about this because this pisses me off. I want to be able to know more. So uh, and also so I can be ready. Because there is uh, a film being adapted from the book uh, that goes by the same name, directed by none other than Martin Scorsese, and starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro, amongst others, slated to premiere next year in 2022. So. I hope that they do justice in that film. I hope they do, too. At least, at the very least, it looks like they have Native American actors to play the native american parts which is something that you could not say like 10 years ago well that's true because they're one of the uh, most underrepresented in media yeah so to this day so this whole story is one of massive failure by the united states on behalf of the osage and once again shows us that this country was not truly built on the idea that everyone is equal we forced Native Americans onto land that we didn't want, but like a child who tosses their toys away only to get upset when another child plays with them, the United States came back to suck any money they could out of the Osage's oil-rich land. They stole from them, not only their money, but their lives as well. 
quite literally. It is also a story of greed and how even a man already as wealthy as William Hale will stoop to very dark depths in order to increase his wealth and power. And all I have to say is may we learn from these mistakes. And that is the story of the reign of terror in Osage County. (sighs) That was sad. Yes. Yes, it is. I almost cried. Not a lot of funny today, huh? No, no funny. (laughs) Just the one, the one Mr. Capitalism (laughs) joke. Yeah, literally one <laughs> joke today. That was sorry, guys. Yeah, this the podcast is I a one joker. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't, li- I didn't deliver today. <laughs> That's it's, too sad. It's sad. No. So, thank you guys so much for listening uh, to this season finale. Our return to murder. This one a little bit different. <laughs> Then our other what? <laughs> it was just funny. Our return to murder. Our return to murder. We do it. We do it once a season. Yep. Season finale. Uh, this one is a little different format than the other ones we've done because those have been like single murders and not like whole series of murders. And here's the thing: William Hale, probably not the only person who murdered people, but the murders did stop after his conviction. So it's like maybe he literally was the only one be- behind this big, you know. I mean, if he was, like, the mafia boss of the town, maybe. Yeah, so, I don't know. But I had a lot of fun putting this outline together. Not fun. It was it was awful, and I hated it because of the, the content matter. But I think that this shaped up into what should be a very interesting episode, I'm hoping. So, I'm hoping you guys appreciate it. Um, and you learn something, at least. So, because it's our season finale, those of you who have listened to us for a while know that we're going to be taking the next two weeks off. Yep. Um, Because I just released a bonus episode before this episode, uh, they will probably be strict two weeks off. I don't think anything's going to come out. So, take this time and uh, listen to our backlog of episodes. We have have over 50 episodes for you guys to listen to now. So, go back. Yeah, we've got a lot. Yeah, check them out. If you haven't seen our biggest hits, like... Theranos or Marcus Schranker or Enron or a lot of a lot of the big ones go back check them out they're still worth a listen and if you do listen to them and decide you like what you hear then go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and newly on Spotify Spotify <gasps> finally after a long time people Yay! asking for it released ratings for podcasts on their platform so no matter pretty much wherever you listen now you'll be able to give us a rating uh or write us a full review on iTunes. We will accept either. We love a five-star review, but if you're honest with us, you know we'll, we'll take it with a grain of salt if you got some criticism. Um, and if you want to support us even more for free, you can just follow our socials, facebook.com slash white collars red hands, Twitter at white collars pod, Instagram at white collars underscore red hands. You can email us at whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com. Suggest topics for the next season. Hell, if there's a rich person who committed murder who you want us to cover as our season finale, send it to us. We'd love to hear about it. We'd love to cover it. And that's all for free. We'll give you a shout-out. It'll be dope. Um, Another, the best way to support us for free... Tell your friends you like the show. Say that you listen to it. Yeah. Recommend it to people you know. Yeah. Say that we're funny and that we'll entertain them. Or if you don't like what you hear, recommend us to your enemies and we'll bore them to death. Yeah. Because as Cardi B says, even my haters bring me money or something. That's not the quote, but. Great. (laughs) She's like, I still make money because you listening. Eh." 
That was a good impression. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I just did that to all of your ear holes at home. Um, you can also listen directly on our website uh, at whitecollarsredhands.com and click the button up there that says check out our merch. And that's a way to support us. Not so much for free, but you get something in return, a sweatshirt, a mug, a laptop case, a notebook. There's a bunch of stuff you can get on there, all with our logo. We get a kickback. And we also get a kickback if you go and listen to us on Entertainment Buffet over on YouTube. All of our videos are posted on there in video format. Uh, you can watch that, and we get a share of the ad revenue on all of those, and it helps support us and our dream of continuing this podcast. So Woo-hoo! if you like us, please support us in some way. Uh, Thank you. And That's all we want for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is money uh all i want for christmas is cash Ooh, baby. Uh, we've been singing a lot of the end right, episodes yeah i don't know why that's all right uh i think that's it that's all i got so uh we'll see you in two weeks everybody see you in two weeks so thank you for listening and we'll see you on another season of white collars red, red hands, hands.